Advent, for me, is the most wonderful time of the year. It is, if you haven't guessed it, my absolute favorite liturgical season. Right? I look forward to it all year long, and I wish it were longer. <clears throat> and of course, demons want me to stop talking, so sorry about that. <clears throat> so, the images the Word of God proposes to us through the church's public worship and the music that is part of our sacred liturgy, it's all so rich and intensely meaningful and beautiful. But, and here's my Advent Grinch message for this Sunday, right? If you're so busy anticipating Christmas via the secular holiday season, then it can just get lost amidst all of the wrapping paper, gift buying, and parties of the winter solstice. It's the shortest liturgical season we have, right at the head of the new year of grace. It's only four weeks. And this year, the way the calendar falls, we don't even get a full day of the last week of Advent before we go right into Christ Mass. You blink, and before you know it, it's over. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 in the Ronald Knox version gives a unique rendering of a passage that is very familiar to us. Everything must be done by turn. No activity here beneath the heavens, but has its allotted time for beginning and coming to an end. Advent, as a season, has a beginning and an end. And the church, in her wisdom, offers to her children this extraordinarily special time of grace. But are we paying attention to it? You know, as a young child, I absolutely loved Christmas. The colored lights on the really horrifying plastic tree because it was the 80s, right? Putting out cookies and milk for Santa Claus. The warmth and togetherness and laughter. The visits to family and friends. Buying and wrapping and unwrapping presents. But as I got older, I gradually became aware of other aspects of the holiday season, that it's not always easy for everyone during this time of year. My mother intensely grieved the death of her saintly mom, who died a year before I was born, and for whom she was a caregiver for years with cancer, and her beloved dad who died suddenly of a heart attack a year after I was born. Depression cast its shadow on the holiday season like clockwork. My mother often struggled with obsessive compulsive things and anxiety and got sicker and sicker and, as a southern woman of the old school, absolutely refused on principle to go to the doctor. My dear father was just trying to keep it all together and give me as normal and a comfortable life as possible while he was gone for long hauls of time. He was a truck driver, right? And he was always worried about money and my future. As time went on, we kind of just stopped doing 
a lot of the normal expected holiday things. My mother was not exactly a fan of church, but in her own way, she was actually a very sincere believer. So eventually, we got to the point where we just put out one small nativity set on top of the TV, and Christmas became about helping old and poor people in our neighborhood, and a quiet time at home, and that was it. Now, of course, as you can imagine, I didn't particularly like all of this, and occasionally I would balk and say, oh, for the love of God, can we at least get a Christmas tree? And my mother would say, honey, Jesus is not all in that nonsense. He is in your heart, and that's all you need. You know, it took me a long time to say this, but in her own way, she was right. As this unique experience of Christmas came to define my adolescence, I became a Catholic and discovered Advent. And somehow, it all made sense. In their own way, my family, even though they didn't know it, was actually living Advent. It was a season of joyful expectation because there was always the presence of Jesus and the very real sense that hope is there amidst all of it but it had a penitential character, sober and minimalist, focusing on others rather than ourselves. And for that, I am now at the point in my life where I am grateful for my parents giving me a strange gift that I'm not always sure how to share with others. Isaiah chapter 40 again in the Knox version. Take heart again, my people. Take heart. Speak, Jerusalem fair. Cry aloud to her that her woes are at an end. Her guilt is pardoned. The Lord's glory is to be revealed for all mankind to witness. Advent is a time in which we come to recognize the brokenness and darkness and reasons to give up that can be a part of our lives and just how hard life can be sometimes. But in that place, and here's the point, in the desert where it can seem so barren and so lifeless, God comes. God comes to meet us because He wants us and He wants to be with us and He wants to meet us. Emmanuel, God with us. And so we pray for Him to come. We long for Him to come. We ask for Him to come. And he does. Good news for Zion. Take thy stand, herald, on some high mountain. Good news for Jerusalem. Proclaim it, herald, aloud, louder still. No cause now for fear. Tell the cities of Judah. See, your God comes. 
we become the heralds of the gospel, messengers of good news, that even when life seems not just hard but impossible, God comes to restore, renew, and remake in us everything that is good, everything that is true, and everything that is beautiful. For us to truly live this season of Advent, you know, it's okay to sit in the desert for a while and to express to our Lord sometimes with tears and groaning and screams where we do not feel complete or at peace or righteous. And in that wilderness, we hear a small, still voice of a prophet who foretells of a future time in heaven and of a time right here and right now if we only open our hearts to it. A cry there out in the wilderness, make way for the Lord's coming, a straight road for our God through the desert. Bridged, every valley must be, every mountain and hill leveled, windings cut straight, and the rough paths paved. See, the Lord God is coming, revealed in power with his own strong arm for warrant. And see, they come with him, they walk before him, the reward of his labor, the achievement of his task, his flock. Like a shepherd, he tends them, gathers up the lambs and carries them in his bosom, helps the ewes in milk forward on their way. Lift up your eyes and look at the heavens. Who was it that made them? This Lord of ours who fashioned the remotest bounds of earth is God eternally. He does not weaken or grow weary. He's wise beyond all our thinking. Rather, it is he who gives the weary, fresh spirit, who fosters strength and vigor where strength and vigor is not. Youth itself may weaken, the warrior faint and flag, but those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength like eagles new-fledged. Hasten and never grow weary of hastening. March on and never weaken on the march. Advent is the most wonderful time of the year because it manifests the promises of God not only to be there with us and for us in our time of need, but to overcome all of those things in our lives which we don't see how we can overcome. Advent demonstrates that the Lord cares passionately about His people. Even when we turn away from Him and abandon His law, His love is stronger than even our unfaithfulness. 
Advent is the season of hope. And Christmas is when we get to revel in God making good on those promises because God is always faithful to his promises. It's up for us to respond to him who is both gift and giver of all good gifts with gratitude and love. 